Hey everybody, it's Pastor Isaac, lead pastor of Shore Christian Church, and I'm so excited that you are checking out this sermon. I pray that it blesses you. It is from our latest series, I Am, and this series focuses on the seven I Am statements of Jesus in the book of John. And we pray that this blesses you. If it does, we wanna ask you to do two things. Uh, one, subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you can get more encouraging and empowering sermons like this every single week. And also, uh, if you wanna help us get these sermons out to more people and uh, get the gospel out to, uh, to people that need it the most, uh, we encourage you to make a donation on the below link and it would be greatly appreciated. And we just pray that God blesses you through this sermon. Check it out. Amen. We are so excited this morning to be featuring our, our outreach program, the Jersey Shore Dream Center, this morning. And it was, uh, it was about three years ago when I became the, the lead pastor at Shore Christian Church. I, I founded the Jersey Shore Dream Center in 2012 along with Anthony Magaro. And I, I had been kind of the... the the, the manager running the, the Jersey Shore Dream Center. And, and then when this transition took place, it, I, was, I couldn't do both. And I'm so thankful that God always brings people alongside you to help you when you feel burdened and overloaded. And this, this woman that is going to share, uh, she is the one who is carrying the Jersey Shore Dream Center and that mantle on her. Uh, we, we met her, uh, I think it was maybe eight, eight years ago, something, something like that six years ago, and she has been just an incredible light to everyone who ever meets her. And I thought it would be so fitting for her to be able to share this morning as uh, we, we talk about Jesus, the light of the world. If you will give a warm Shore Christian Church welcome to our very own, the director of the Jersey Shore Dream Center, Mary McNeil. Thank you, Pastor Isaac and um, Diamond, so much for finding, founding the Jersey Shore Dream Center um, and for giving me the opportunity to work in my calling. Uh, working in my calling, I don't know if any of you are working in it, but that's where your fire is burning so brightly that it almost is blinding people where they have to come in to find out who you are and what you're doing um, with your life. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, I'm so excited today to talk about the Jersey Shore Dream Center. If anyone knows me, they know I love talking about the Jersey Shore Dream Center. I've got a lot for you today. We've got stories about uh, lives that have been completely changed from darkness into Jesus's glorious light. Um, and, and I'm excited to bring it to you today. When I first came to the Jersey Shore Dream Center, um, God had given me a really awesome picture about what the Dream Center looks like and what the church looks like. So Shore Christian Church, he showed me, was a city on the hill. The Dream Center was a lighthouse that was a beacon of hope, guiding those who are lost and broken into its shores. And we were the lights in the darkness. So bringing this message today about being the light, God, Jesus being the light of the world, it, it just really spoke to me. And I pray that it speaks to you as well. So being that we're in this new series, Pastor Isaac shared with us a little bit last week about Jesus being the bread of life. And that touched my life because 
I know every morning I need to go back to that word and get some get filled up with what the Lord wants me to know for that day. So he talked about the manna, that the manna dried out, and every morning God gave them new manna because the old manna was dying away. So today, Jesus is uh, disclaiming that he is the light of the world, and that comes to us from John 8, 12. So in John 8, 12, he makes a declaration where he says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light of life that leads to light. I'm sorry, you will have the light that leads to life. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you have shined your your light so bright into our dark lives, Lord, that it draws us out, Lord God, to be more like you, Father God. I pray that this morning, Father, that the words that are coming out of my mouth would be words that would be edifying to you, Father God. I pray, Lord God, that people's hearts would be open, Lord God, today to see that light that will come in and just be able to take out the dark places of their life, Father God, that they will be able to walk around and be beacons of life, of hope to those that they come in contact with. We ask this all in your son Jesus' name. Amen. So, um... I'm gonna show of hands. How many of you as a child was afraid of the dark? Right, a lot of you, right? Well, another one. Um, how many of you are still afraid of the dark? <laughs> don't be shy, don't be shy. <laughs> because you know what, I'm one of those people. And I am truly um, all out there afraid of the dark. And I've been afraid of the dark probably since I was a child. No, I don't know where that stems from, but I'm convinced at night, if the lights are off, that that monster under the bed will come out and grab me in the middle of the night. So to give you a little history of um, the, why I want to tell you, like we, I have three grown children. Um, Kyle is 24, Elizabeth is 22, and she is the one who plays our keyboard every week. Um, and Devin is 20. Now, um, yes, I'm old enough to have grown children. I am 40 years old, um, even though I don't look it. But, and I was also single for about 13 years um, until I met my husband last year, and I was married in um, August of last year. So, yes, <laughs> 13 years is a long time. <laughs> But I tell you that was because me and my daughter about five years ago thought it would be fun to share a room together. And we said, well, we're the girls in the house, so we'll share a room together and let the boys have their own room. Well, little did Elizabeth know that I was afraid of the dark. And I have to sleep with the light on every night, either in the bathroom or the hallway, not one of those dinky little like night lights that just shine like enough so that you don't stub your foot in the middle of the night. So um, Elizabeth actually has to sleep in the pitch dark. And so you can imagine the fighting that would go on in the middle of the night. Um, She would go to bed and she'd turn off all the lights and instantly I'd be like, wait, no, 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 you gotta leave the light on. And she's like, I can't sleep with the light on. And I'm like, I can't sleep in the pitch dark. So it was a constant battle all the time about where the light was gonna be on. And even in the middle of the night when she thought she'd be slick, and she'd go turn the light off while we were sleeping, instantly I'd wake up and be like, turn the light back on. (laughs) Now mind you, like, 
in the, when the lights are off in the darkness, you can't see anything. And for whatever reason, I have this like thought in my head that there's something that's moving in the dark. And the light being on illuminates all of that so I can see every piece of like, you know, furniture in the room and where I'm going. And it made me think about um, the darkness in the world that we live in today. I mean, when you really think about it, we really live in, dark, in a dark world. From going back from history, talking about wars and famine, the Holocaust, I mean, it's a really dark place that we live in. And we can even hone that down to something as darkness that affects our own lives. If you all remember, about seven years ago, we were rocked in this area by Hurricane Sandy, right? Who remembers Hurricane Sandy? If you were from this area, you know that it affected you or affected someone that you loved. Hurricane Sandy came on the scene and we just see from some of these pictures, the mighty like wind and waves and what the destruction it can do. I mean, if you haven't seen this picture of the seaside um, roller coaster in the water, it was all over the place. It was something that we talked about a lot and it rocked our, our community. And even today, people are still struggling to get back up on their feet. A lot of people lost their houses. Um, you know, it was devastating. It was devastating. Now, one of the stories I have for you today is a story of a woman whose life was completely changed by Hurricane Sandy. And I'm gonna read the stories just so I do them justice. I have a good friend whose life was changed by Hurricane Sandy. She was living in Keensburg with her husband and her house was completely flooded. She evacuated, however, a couple days prior to Pennsylvania with a couple of her friends while her husband stayed in Keensburg, hoping that the house would be okay. After the, flood, after the storm came and the house completely flooded, they lost everything. Her husband stayed down in Keensburg, hoping to find work, hoping to find some way to recover all the things that they lost. But after a couple of months, she found out that her husband left her. He wasn't returning any of her calls and she found herself completely, utterly hopeless. She was homeless, lost all of her belongings except for the things that were on her back. She was out in Pennsylvania with friends which she knew she couldn't stay for a long time. After a couple of years of living this way, she found herself in an unhealthy relationship, pregnant and alone again. She knew that she had to actually find a place to live as she was coming up on having a baby. And she had a friend who invited her to church. She said, well, maybe this church can help you. So she went to church week after week, baby's getting closer. And then one Sunday, Jesus comes on the scene. She meets Jesus for the first time. Something in her heart just opened up to his lightness, to his light. And Jesus came in, and that was the beginning of her coming out of her darkness. So before we go any further, I wanted to give you the title of today's sermon, Then Jesus Comes on the Scene. Because any time we're in a place of darkness, and you've met Jesus, it's almost like, you know, this big, this big declaration, then Jesus came on the scene, and this is what happened. So she, she was introduced to Jesus, and her life was changed, and her life started coming out of the darkness. Now, although Hurricane Sandy had devastated our area, it was right around this time that um, the Jersey Shore Dream Center was incorporated. It was March of 2012, and only a couple months later did we have Hurricane Sandy hit, uh, hit our shores. 
And at that time, the Jersey Shore Dream Center didn't have a location. It didn't have all the ministries that we have today. But it did have Isaac and Diamond and their garage. And they knew that they couldn't just sit back and watch what was going on. They needed to be a part of it. So they actually uh, registered on the disaster recovery uh, websites. And instantly, they started to actually get tractor trailers full of food, water, diapers brought into their house, and they stacked it in their garage. So that became their epicenter of uh, like ground zero for another word, but that's where they had their distribution center. And from that point, they were able to go out into the community. Communities hard hit. I mean, you can list them, but it, you know, there's been so many, type, so many communities that were hard hit. And Belmore, um, for one, didn't want people coming from the outside to come in to help them. So having somebody who's here, grassroots, coming in and helping them, they accepted the help. They were giving out groceries, they were giving out haircuts, coats, because people had lost everything. And because of Hurricane Sandy, it was an opportunity for the Dream Center to get on the map. We even were able to go into people's houses and be able to help them fix some of the flooding that had happened. Um, there was a lot of people that needed to actually get the mold that was out of there. And these people did it willingly. And you know who these people were who did it? It was all of you. It was the church. The church stood up and said, we need to do something. This happened to our community, and we needed to step out and do something. And that brings me to um, this Bible verse, Genesis 50, 20. It says, you intended to harm me. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And that is what the Dream Center is doing right now, is the saving of many lives. So um, when Jesus comes on the scene, that light shines into dark situations, and it's changed, just like that. So another dark area that's a little bit closer to home is the drug, drug epidemic that's happening in our country right now. In uh, 2014, we saw a surge in um, opioid and heroin usage and drug-related overdoses that skyrocketed over 50% only a few years ago. And one thing that stood out to me was this article that I found January of this year that the drug overdose deaths had hit an all-time high for New Jersey. And guess where those all-time highs were? Right in the Jersey Shore right in our neighborhoods, that it says Monmouth, Atlantic, and Ocean Counties were ranked third, fourth, and fifth out of the 21 counties. And Monmouth County alone had an increase of 30.4% in 2017. That is high, people, and that is right here in our yards, in our backyards, and in our homes. Now, I don't know if any of you today are struggling with addiction, but I'm sure that everyone knows someone, you are someone, or it's affected someone in your life. It's no longer that far-off thought about the drug overdoses or the drug um, users. It's now in our own homes. When I first came to the Dream Center, I met so many men and women who were struggling with drug addiction, and these men and women were coming from colleges, high schools, you know, and we're not talking about bad areas. We're talking about Middletown. We're talking about like Marlborough. I mean, these are people where it's hitting everybody. It doesn't discriminate who it's going to affect. 
And I have another story about a young man that I met um, coming out of the uh, Jersey Shore Rescue Mission. And his story really touched my life. He says, since moving down to the Jersey Shore and being a part of the Jersey Shore Dream Center, my life had been changed. Growing up, he always felt that he was alone and awkward. Not knowing where this came from, he found a group of friends in high school that introduced him to drugs and alcohol. From that time, it met a need where he didn't have to focus on this loneliness, but it started him down a path of destruction. He found himself saying um, yes to any type of mood-altering substance because nothing was satisfying that place of loneliness. Pills, potions, powders, and plants, poisons in all uh, words had become that time the greatest love story of his life. His life was burning to the ground, and when the fire subsided, all he was left, all he was left in was utter, utter darkness. Drowning out in a sea of despair, he finally was rescued by a lifeboat, the Jersey Shore Rescue Mission. And that's when Jesus comes on the scene. This is where he met Jesus, and the light of his love filled that empty place that he had in his heart. So when Jesus comes on the scene, we're talking about years of loneliness, emptiness that led him to be using drugs because he couldn't find his happiness in anything else. And I love that they said the lifeboat, the Jersey Shore Rescue Mission is a drug rehabilitation center that's right here in Asbury Park. And their logo is a lifeboat. They're literally rescuing people that are drowning out in the sea. And the picture that I love is he was rescued by a lifeboat, drawn into the shores by the beacon of hope from the lighthouse, and came into the shores of Shore Christian Church. And his life has never been the same since then. And that story, like, is a story of people that you've met, that I've met. And um, so in John 3.17, it says... Well, right before that, we see John 3.16. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And then John 3.17, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He doesn't give you condemnation. When that light comes in, it's not condemnation. It's not this spotlight that's shining down on your sin and your guilt and your shame. It's coming in like, I've heard this phrase, like a campfire. Like, come on, sit down. Let's talk about it. Let's get out this place of guilt and shame in your life. And then God literally takes it out and replaces it with his own light. It's, it's such a beautiful story. But then we actually enter into um, a little bit deeper darkness the darkness that exists within our own hearts, in our own heads, fear, anxiety, depression. I mean, the list goes on. It could be something that you walk around with and it's literally following you wherever you go. I've heard someone tell me that being under the cloud of depression is almost like you're hunched over. It's this constant pressing, this oppression that is coming after you. And the enemy will use that. In 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, he tells us that the enemy has come to blind the minds of the unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, Christ who is the image of God. Blinding the minds of the unbelievers, blinding them so they can't see the light. That's what the enemy is trying to get us to do. 
So even if you are, you know, waking up and, you know, saying, oh, today it's going to be a different day, the enemy's sitting there whispering in your ear, you know, this is what they think of you, this is who you are, but Jesus is the one who tells us who we are. Our identity is, is yeah. in him. Yeah. He is the image of God. He's the one who came down to show us what it looks like to be set free. So my next story um, is a story of someone who wasn't personally affected by these, this, this fear, anxiety, this darkness that clouds in your head. It was her family, and she was the victim of her family's abuse. Riddled with fear and anxiety, her mother, these stories are really powerful. She grew up in a home of physical abuse, sexual abuse, and despair at a very young age at the hands of her own family members. A vivid memory that she had was being locked in the attic by her mother for what seemed like days. She became suicidal and tried to end her life many times. The only hope in her life was a relationship she had with her sister and her grandmother. Her grandmother had a relationship with the Lord and read the word to her and started taking her to church. This little light of hope began to grow in her heart and she realized that she wasn't alone and that someone was out there and his name was Jesus that loved her enough to die on the cross for her. And then Jesus comes on the scene. Hope grew in her heart and at the age of 19, she accepted Jesus. The light of his love began to heal the years of abuse inflicted by those who loved her, who said that they loved her. But the coolest part is, is when Jesus came on the scene, he showed her what real love looked like. Yeah. Yeah. Not those lies that she was given at a young age. It was a new light, a new love that she had never experienced before. And from that point on, she grew in her relationship with the Lord. She was able to help people. She became an evangelist. The stories can go on. When God comes on the scene and his light shines into those dark places, I mean, he, he removes all of that. The real love of his light comes in. The real love of his light comes in. And she became a new person. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. She is not what they said who she was, who her family said that she was. She was this new creation that was brought up in the love of the Lord. And that brings us back to John 8, uh, 8, 12. When the light enters... So it says, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light of life. It says, you won't have to walk in darkness. That's a decision that you can make. When Jesus' light comes in, you don't have to walk in that dark place anymore. Amen? So that brings me now to the Dream Center. The Dream Center is, um, uh, you know, a beacon of hope. When I was looking through what dreams, and I love lighthouses. Lighthouses, I, I've always loved them. Anybody who knows me knows I love lighthouses. I got them all over my house. You know, I like to visit lighthouses. Um, so being able to see the Dream Center as a lighthouse. And when I was looking up and researching um, information about the lighthouse, it says it's a, it was a beacon, a beacon that shone out for people to find their ways to shore. But the coolest part is about a, a lighthouse is that that light that illuminates, it, it doesn't just 
illuminate. It doesn't just come from nowhere. There's a light that exists from within, and there's prisms that are literally like put around this light and rotated, and those prisms is what ex like ejects that light out for people to see. So you have to have that light, that source of light, that already exists from within before it can go out for the, the whole world to see. So that was, it was interesting to me to see that that light now shines onto those places that people, like those people that you turn your faces from. And we know who those people are. They're the homeless, the addicted, the prostitutes, the people that are living in utter darkness. Now, when I was young in youth group, I used to go to church kind of my whole life. And we would go to youth group. We would go to New York City um, once a year uh, to see Christmas lights and stuff like that. And the church I was going to literally said to us, do not look or make eye contact with the homeless that you encounter on the street because all they want from you is your money for drugs and alcohol. So at a young age, that was my perception about people who turn, that we turn our face from. You know, they just want something from me. But the, the Dream Center and the Lighthouse shines a light into their hearts. It's not about what you see. Jesus sees their heart. He sees that person with a plan and a purpose in their life. He sees that they actually have, you know, their personality and gifts and talents that he's put in their lives for a plan and a purpose. So that's what the Dream Center does. And I know that because I was one of those people. I was, found myself um, 16 and pregnant. Now, mind you, I'm sure you didn't think I was 40 when I first came up on stage. So being 16 years old and pregnant, I probably looked like I was 12. Um, and walking around, I got a lot of people who looked at me funny. A lot of people being like, you know, what kind of parents does she have? Or what was she doing? Why is she keeping that child? And, um, but I did. I, I did keep my son. His name's Kyle, and he's 24. And throughout that dark time, God did come in and shed his light on my life. And not only did it affect my life, but it affected his life as well. Kyle now is um, one of the youth leaders for our youth group. And he's ministering to kids in this church and also to the kids of Asbury Park, mainly those who are going through really hard things. So when God came into my life, it didn't just affect me. That light shone out from me and affected my own family. So I want to bring back John 8, 12 one more time because I want you to see something again. There's so much in this verse. He says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, if you follow me, you won't have to work in darkness. But if you catch it, he says, if you follow me, then you will have the light of life. If you follow me, you will have the light of life. So watch what happens now. We go to Matthew 5.14, and look what happens. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead of lamp is placed on the sand, where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So look what happens. We become the light when we follow the light, and that light is not something that comes from us. 
that is a reflection of Jesus's light. Don't try to take that on yourself. It's not something that you have to do. It's not something that you have to find. You just have to be willing to let it shine. If you have it and you try to cover it, it's not going to shine. But he says, let it all out for everyone to see, because that is what drawing people into the Lord. That's what they're going to say is when they say, what is that light that I see? And you're like, it's Jesus, because he's the light of the world and he's shining it through me. So you know what I want to do right now? I want to introduce to you some of the lights from the Dream Center. So all of those stories I told you earlier, they're all leaders from the Jersey Shore Dream Center. And before I do that, I just want to do real quick, if you've ever volunteered with the Jersey Shore Dream Center, can you please stand up? I want everyone to recognize that this is what it looks like. Look around. This is what it looks like when you let your light shine out in the darkness. You have all touched people who have been out there on the streets. You have all been a light to the darkness that have drawn other people in. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, and the people out there appreciate it. So our first person I'd like to introduce you to is Jessica. Jessica is our office manager. She came to us about three years ago. And Jessica was that homeless single mother who found herself in a church and had her light shine out from the darkness. Because you know, only a couple days later, the pastor of that church met Pastor Isaac. And Pastor Isaac told him that we had a new house called the Family Restoration House, which was for homeless single mothers. Jessica called us a couple days later, and right after she had her baby, she came into our house. Now, Jessica's life since that day has completely changed. Jessica now is the one who is actually shedding her light out for everyone to see. And I'm sure that if you've called the Dream Center the church, you've talked to Jessica. <laughs> but it's such a pretty, it's an awesome story to watch her walk through it, to see that there was dark times. There's dark times, but Jesus' light is the one who shed in there, took out all that darkness, and now her light now shines for so many. We have another um, woman, her name is Michelle. Michelle is the supervisor for our baby pantry. Yeah. <laughs> now Michelle came to us, I didn't tell her story, but Michelle came to us um, from upstate New York. Michelle uh, struggled with fear and anxiety, kept her in a place where she really couldn't leave the house. And now Michelle has moved down to the Jersey Shore to be a part of the Dream Center. She lives in one of our houses. And she volunteers at the Dream Center about four days a week where she steps out of the house and she is touching the lives of every mom and dad that comes into that baby pantry. She's praying with them. She's talking to them about things and even sharing her own story. We've had volunteers that have come into the Dream Center that keep coming back because you know what? Her light is shining into their lives because they're going through something. So Michelle, I thank you for all that you've done because God is gonna keep shining light in your life for all the others to see, amen? Our next story is Rob. Rob comes to us in our men's transition home. <laughs> Rob is the story I told you about um, the high school student who was lonely and lost and awkward and started using drugs at a young age. And I had to read to you the testimony he gave me because it was so poetic. 
It was so poetic. You're an amazing writer, by the way. Uh, Rob came to us over a year ago, coming out of the Jersey Shore Rescue Mission. That picture of the Jersey Shore Rescue Mission taking you on a lifeboat brought in by the beacon of hope from the lighthouse to the shores of Shore Christian Church. Now, his life is completely changed. He is now leading the men's home, and he goes back to the same mission and preaches a message to the men once a month. Look what happens when you let your light shine out for many, but it first starts with God taking those dark places of your heart and taking them out. So thank you, Rob. And our next person we have is Margo. Margo is our head chef for our soup kitchen and for all of our community outreach projects. She cooks up a mean meal. If you've ever been to one of our dinners, you can attest to that. <laughs> so Margo's story um, was the one where her, she was afflicted by her family. Margo's story touches me um, so often because this is a real picture of restoration. One of the things that we talk about at the Dream Center is what does hope look like? This is what hope looks like. God completely transformed her life when he came into her life showing her what real love looked like. She has gone out to be an evangelist. You should see her at the soup kitchen while she prays for people. I, I can't even say, maybe hundreds or thousands have come to the Lord because of Margot. She prays with them before, she prays with them after, and gives them such a great meal that she, that she could talk to them over a meal. So Margo, I thank you for your faithfulness. Now I want to bring up Tony. Tony is our food services director. Tony runs our mobile food truck. He makes sure that all the food that comes in and out of the Dream Center is healthy and safe. And he, and he actually, well, Tony's story I didn't give either, because Tony had sat under the word, and lack for better words, he was getting fat on the word. He was just soaking it in. He was enjoying what he was hearing. He had done so much. He was a leader back in, his, in the church days. But the one thing that changed his life, which, which spoke so loud to me, was the word. The word itself is what came alive in his heart. John 14, 12 through 14, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. If you ask anything in my name that I will do so that the Son can bring glory to the Father, yes, anything that you ask in my name, I will do. So the word literally transformed within him to make him go out into the community to serve the needy. So now in his retirement, years, this is what he does. He goes out and serves groceries to men and women all over Monmouth County. We have about 20 mobile food truck sites, and he goes out with his team. And because of his light, because he stepped out and said, you know, if no one's going to do this, I'm going to do it. I'm going to stand up and do it. He's got a whole team of people that are retired that actually go out with him. And <laughs> would you stand if you're here? Thank you, John. Thank you, Marie. And they literally faithfully go out every single week. Phyllis goes out every Saturday. These people are faithful. It's not, it's not easy work. It's hard work. But it's satisfying because their light's being able to shine out for many. And next, I want to introduce you to um, Anthony. Anthony is the president and co-founder of the Jersey Shore Dream Center. Anthony is actually one of my mentors. He has teach, taught me so much about things I didn't think I actually needed, but I find out that I do. Um, Anthony's story, um, he, I have to say, he's one of the most humble men I've met. 
Anthony's story was that he struggled with drug addiction for 15 years, in and out of treatment facilities. Nothing worked until Jesus comes on the scene. When he met the light of Jesus, that's what changed his life. He was able to work through those things and give that back to the Lord. And the most amazing thing that I've seen, Anthony, is that you went on to own some of these treatment facilities that you were in. And he owned those treatment facilities. It was something that God put in him. He worked there first, and then he owned them. So he was giving back to uh, people that he had actually been in there with, helped them throughout years, thousands of people that he's been able to help come off of drugs and alcohol. And now in his latter years, him and Pastor Isaac founded the Jersey Shore Dream Center so that they can do this and go out into the community and change people's lives tangibly. So Anthony, I thank you. I thank you. And lastly, I want to introduce you to Pastor Isaac and Diamond. Without all of the, without Pastor Isaac and Diamond and their vision for the Jersey Shore Dream Center, none of this would be possible. So we thank you, Pastor Isaac and Diamond. God put such a light into their hearts for this area that completely changed this entire area for him. Because of their light, all of our lights have shined. Without them, then this would not be possible. So thank you, Pastor Isaac and Diamond. That was awesome. Let's hear it. That was a, an amazing message. And if, if the ushers, um, if, if the ushers can come forward, we're gonna we're gonna give out everybody's lights. You're gonna go home with a light. Uh, you guys just stay on the stage right now. Um, so where where are my ushers and, and the lights? Do we have them? All right, all right. Let's start handing those out. Don't go anywhere, um, because I want to I want to share just just briefly for the next minute or so about why my light is turned off. Um, and the reason that this light is turned off isn't because it doesn't have the capability to shine. The reason my light is turned off isn't because it doesn't have the power within it to shine. I, I believe that it is the darkest places where our lights can shine the brightest. And I remember when my light got turned on was in a place in Los Angeles at the LA Dream Center called Skid Row. And it's probably the darkest place in America. It has the highest homeless population. Uh, Most people, they go there to basically use drugs and die. But it's a place that the Los Angeles Dream Center, uh, where I met Jesus and also met my wife, they go into the darkest places on a weekly basis to shine a light. And I remember when, when I went there, I was ministering to a, a young man about the same age as I at the time, 22 years old, and he was telling me about um, how he was a football player at the University of Colorado and how he had an injury and he got hooked on prescription medication. He ended up dropping out of college and he ended up from there on the streets of Skid Row shooting up dope in his arm, waiting to basically die. But then when, when I came there, and I wasn't really living for the Lord, I didn't have my light turned on yet, uh, we started talking, and we had some similar areas of struggle. I was a baseball player. I went through surgery. Surgery was what took my dream from me, and, and I had consequently got, got hooked on drugs as well and was in the same place battling. Just nobody knew that I was because I wasn't on Skid Row. See, a lot of times we have darkness inside of us, but we put up a good front on the outside. 
Our light can shine on the outside, but on the inside, it, it is rotting and it is dark. And that was me. But when I was on the streets of Skid Row, the darkest place, this man touched my heart. And I ended up inviting him to church that night with me to the Los Angeles Dream Center. A bus goes into Skid Row, picks up homeless every Thursday night and Sunday morning. And we went to a service. And that evening, Pastor Matthew, the pastor of the LA Dream Center, talked about how God wants us to lay down our dreams on the altar and pick up his dream so that our light can shine. And that was the moment for the first time in my life that it worked. My light started to shine. It was in me the whole time. I just never turned it on. I, I just never allowed Jesus to turn on the light that is burning inside of me my whole life. And I realized from that moment on, what's so amazing about the light of Christ is it illuminates our hearts and it shines on the world. I always tell people, you need to have a moon face. The only way that people see the moon on earth is when the sun shines on it. The only way people on earth are going to see Jesus is through you. So everybody has their lights? All right, turn them off. Turn them off. Leave them off. Leave them off. Leave them off. Turn the lights off. Jim, that's you, my man. All the disobedient people, we could see you. <laughs> All right, now I want everybody to turn their lights on. This isn't a candlelight service. Isn't that pretty? Hold it up. Hold it up. Isn't that beautiful? Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to put it in your pocket now. Put it in your pocket. Or hide it. <laughs> put it in your pocket. I feel like this is what we do a lot of times, Monday through uh, Saturday, is, is we have a light, but we cover it up. The Bible says, we are a city set on the hill that cannot be hidden. Yes. What good is the light when you cover it up? But let your light shine. Pull it out. Pull it out. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. Let it shine Monday. Let it shine on Tuesday. Let it shine everywhere that you go. You have something special in you that this world needs, that there are Robs and Margos and other people out there in darkness, and they need your light to shine. Amen? Amen. Amen. Turn, turn all the lights back on, Jim. Thank you, guys. We're running a little late here. Uh, but I want to let you know that if, if you're interested in serving at the Dream Center, more information about the Dream Center, there's a table right up in the uh, uh, upper lobby for you. Um, so please go there, get some information, and uh, let, let's pray right now. Father, we thank you this morning for the light that you have put inside of us, Lord. I pray that we will let that light shine every day of the week, Lord God, that we won't cover it up, Father, that this dark world needs the light of life, Lord God, that we will let it come out through our words, through our actions, Father God. I pray, Lord, that you will show us where you want us to get connected, Lord God, within this church, within the Dream Center, Father, so that we could see every need fulfilled in this community, Lord God, that we will be able to bring the light of Christ into every dark street, every dark alley, every dark home, Father God, will not have a place of hopelessness because the light of Christ is shining there. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap. God bless you.